This is the Unearthing Art Podcast with Michelle Luminato and Beck Lee, where we dig into the messy reality of making art that matters, raw and real conversations about being an artist, navigating the creative process, and expressing our honest and sometimes weird selves. In the last episode, Michelle, we were talking about one of those taboo topics, money, and I thought that today we could dive into another topic, which is can be almost considered a dirty word by some artists, the idea of branding and what mm-hmm. your brand is as an artist. And it, it is related to that idea of which we talked about last episode about artists involving themselves in like this tawdry world of money and asking for money and kind of promoting themselves. Like it all yeah. feels a little not highbrow Just enough, not dirty. pure enough. Yeah, not pure enough. That's a great phrase for it. And I happen to know going into this episode that we both are actually big fans of branding and everything that's around it. I think we almost want to rebrand branding for artists, for any artists who haven't discovered how creative and rewarding and how authentic branding can be. This is the episode for you. I think a lot of people think of branding and they're like, well, that that means a logo, right? That means Mm -hmm. I need to have a logo. Mm -hmm. That means I need to have like some business cards. And I think for us and our experiences, we just see it much, much bigger and much more authentic than that. And actually, the logo is really not that important in the scheme of things. (laughs) Yeah. So I think there's this impression that basically branding means like slapping a logo or a, a kind of manufactured fake image on top yeah. of something, right? Right. So that, And so when you talk about a logo and a business card, I think that's classic because we think to, to appear professional, you know, mm-hmm. to appear really bulletproof and perfect and like we know what we're doing, we need to have a business card and we need to have a certain look and that that's going to convey to the world this image. And it's almost like a mask we're putting on, this mask that's like I am, that, that makes you kind of acceptable to the world in a way that you being your raw and real self is not acceptable. And I think what we want to shake out today is like, what does branding look like when you're actually using it to share your authentic self? In alignment, exactly. A lot of what unearthing art is about, this podcast is about, we've talked about making art that matters and it's all about digging in and bringing out your real and raw self. So we are not going to get to the end of 54 episodes of talking about that (laughs) and say, okay, now guys, you've got to come up with a brand that looks exactly like this, that looks sleek or looks like every other artist out there and you need to pretend that that's who you are in order to, you know, sell your art. I mean, it's classic on Instagram, isn't it? There are a group of artists who seem somewhat similar in how they present themselves on Instagram and they're often younger and dressed beautifully in their studio and they're posed wonderfully while the, the camera records them just putting the perfect final dab on their painting and the other thing I notice about those reels by the way is that not only is their studio immaculate in terms of they don't have tables with paint and brushes just spilling out everywhere which we all do but have you noticed that the paintings all around them are always kind of finished and look great like they don't have a corner full of 
half finished unloved like I can't deal with those paintings right now so I'm going to pile them up in the corner and and like this is the real stuff. I think what you're also pointing out that I think we can definitely get into and talk about is it the branding is way bigger than just the logo it's way bigger than everything it's the whole package it's Mm -hmm. the whole thing and I would love to get into what that looks like in a really authentic way and I think what you're saying is there's an image that's being projected in these reels that you're seeing and that you're referring to. And for you and I, it's not authentic to do that. No. Me standing on a ladder with one leg out is <laughs> not going to be good. I mean, it's, I'm just being a little bit of a joker right now. But for me, it's got to be you know authentic to who I am and how it feels for me. And I think that every one of us who is listening to this and, and Beck and I both agree, like, we just want to feel good in our own skin, right? Yeah, yeah. And comfortable with that. I think that the part that gets a little cloudy and I would love to help clear up is that there are um, a discerning eye collector that is mm. in, involved in the picture. And so somehow communicating a brand your brand experience because they're really getting an experience, right? Whether it's through a reel, through your website, through whatever, whatever it is that they're entering your world. And that experience shows up in many different ways. When I used to do branding, um, when I lived in New York City, you know, for big companies, it, it was all the way from walls to napkins to picking out something that went in their front room of their lobby to trade show stuff like it just goes on and on and on as artists like we have to think sort of bigger you know in terms of what that looks like I went to a sting concert and it was a perfect time to mention that by the way how middle-aged is that to for me to go that That was so good though anyway he he really struck me as someone who was really refinely branded in his image he had this really ripped up t-shirt and this old guitar and that was not an accident. That was completely part of his image that he was projecting. Mm-hmm. It was so cool. It was like, look at that crusty old guitar. I mean, surely he can afford to buy a brand new guitar. And he just, that's not the guitar he chooses to use. It looked like it had been well-worn. So did the t-shirt. And it's it was part of his image. You know, mm-hmm. it was an extension of what his vibe is all about. You went to the Sting concert, being a fan of Sting and, and kind of feeling like you know him and you know his yes. vibe, that's why you went, that's what you got. And you didn't yes. look at that and think, oh, he's putting on a show. What it did is it confirmed for you what you felt he was about. So there was yes. no dissonance. You didn't show up to see like rock star Sting who you love and he was wearing like a three-piece suit yes, and you're yes, like, oh, exactly. this isn't. This isn't what I expected. And I know people think, oh, well, that's very, um, there's kind of a coldness to it, like like you're imagining Sting backstage going, yes, I will pick this and I will pick that. But the point is that really good branding is integrated with the truth of the person and the product. So it isn't a mask that he's putting on. It's that everything's consistent with who he is as an artist 
Yes, exactly. Let's break down a little more what we're talking about when we talk about branding, which you touched on. I like that you said the brand experience. Focusing on the artist, what does it mean to have a brand experience? It means that in the way that you connect with people, in the way that you communicate with people, um, when they have contact with you through your website, through an email with you, when they buy something from you, um, when they look at your art, right? So it's this is not just a commerce thing that they experience a feeling that they are interacting with the authentic you. Is that fair? Yeah. Do you think I've like overstated yeah. that? Yeah, no, I think so. And I think, again, it can look many different ways for for us as artists, you know, we really do get to choose how we express ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I like to look at it as in it's not limited. It's it's not simply only one or two things and and just a couple Instagram posts. Like it's the whole experience. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I see happen a lot is I think a lot of artists, you know, we and this is true for all of us. Like I've gone through this even with my branding experience. So I mm. sometimes cringe when I say this because I'm like, oh my gosh, were you asleep? Um, <laughs> I think we have, we often go through stages as artists where we make the work and then we just put it out on Instagram and we slap a logo on things and it's very separate where I, I, I think the real effectiveness of things are where we really find out what we're all about, right, as artists. That's mm-hmm. like number one. Step two is make work we really love that we mm. are aligned with. Mm. And step three is when you get into the marketing, sharing that story, like coming up with how do we want to share that story? Not a fake story, but the story that your work is all about, what you're mm. all about. And then there's the selling which is just literally sharing of that story. Yep, an extension of that, yeah. An extension of that. And I think when we can put an integration process in place that allows us to really unearth that through the process, um, an example of this is where I'm working on my solo show and I've literally been really writing the story through the work that I'm doing. Like as I do it, coming up with, well, what is this work all about? The words that I can articulate about it and just kind of start documenting that process. And the work itself is visually starting to show itself. And so there's a brand experience that's bubbling up through this process that is also going to be used as marketing. And in the end, we're literally just sharing all that process this is where I start to get really excited. Like I get a really excited feeling in my chest because I, I guess this is sort of around the work that I was doing as well with people as a copywriter or I mean I was kind of working with people on their brand stories. I would mm-hmm. say that was my area of specialty as a copywriter, having conversations with people and really digging in and finding the threads that were unique to them that we could bring to the surface, find the brand story that was unique to them and then share that. I just love this to bits and this is why, this is why. To me, it's not about what's the story that we can find that is going to sell a billion dollars worth of something or other. This is so powerful in multiple ways because 
when you have the brand story, we can use a lot of different words. I think branding throws people off. It's the story. It's your values. It's what is uniquely you. It is kind of what you believe in, what you stand for. Yeah. What you stand for. When you have that and you start sharing that and you think of it as an entire experience, what it actually does is it makes you really excited to share your work because yes. and, and to be who you are and to, to get that out in the world. I would often work with people who they, they hired me and they're hiring other professionals to help with their website because they felt embarrassed about their website. Because if if they were talking to someone at a party or whatever and they said, oh, I, what's the kind of work I do? I do this, I do that. But they weren't excited to send people to their website. And that is because, it, this is not the wording they would have used, but I know that is because what was being presented there in terms of the story they were telling, the visual brand of of what they were presenting was not aligned with who they were. Yeah. So that is why people, you know, have, feel that kind of embarrassment. When you get really aligned with the story that you're telling, with the values that you have, and then you like take those values out in word and in visuals and in how you like behave and the messages that you share, you start to feel really resonant and excited to 100%. get on and write that email and to do yeah. this and do that. So it's actually about for me, like step one, it creates a lot of excitement in yourself. And to slap it on the end is very disconnected from the art. And I think that's why sometimes it feels so out of alignment because it's really mm. an afterthought. And what I've been really focusing on in this particular body of work is how can I let that body of work bubble up all of it? Mm-hmm. All of it, all the way from like what the words are, what the what am I actually trying to express in this yeah. whole experience? What do I want people to experience when they exactly. come into the room? And for me, like you said, like I get excited because I'm like, I really truly feel like this is the first time I will feel like I've expressed myself to my best ability. And mm-hmm. that is not only in the art, but in the experience that I want them to get from that as well. And mm-hmm. it's it feels really exciting. And what's super cool about this and why I'm extra excited is the gallery who I'm working with, they're super excited about the material because they have something to talk about. I'm really offering up like, here's the vision for it. Here's what I want it to be about. And they love to have something to present as well. Because again, when it comes to sharing the work and selling it, it, it really is just the sharing of that story. Mm-hmm. And if you've done all the oh, work. Oh, vision. Like that's another oh, word that we yeah, can use. Vision. The vision. There you go. Vision. And when we're sharing that vision, you know, through the the marketing, it, it really does just help sell it because you're literally just sharing the story. You're sharing that vision and it's in front of people for the right people. It would grab their attention. And one of the things that I personally have a value in, and this is an example of like, what do we believe in? What are our values? I really love high quality, rich, luscious things. Like, I don't know if it's because I'm a Libra. I don't know if we're all this way, but I do love (laughs) rich things. Like I love the richness of colors, the depth. I love high quality things. And that's something that is a belief and a value of mine. 
So communicating that visually is important from the actual paintings that I make in addition to all the way to the website people will come and see. And so I'll make decisions that are for the discerning eye to help give them clues about that quality. And I want to point that out because I think sometimes I use the word luxury interchangeably with what I consider more like a discerning eye. So if Mm -hmm. I brand my website like Kmart, and that's just a really obvious example that is not in alignment with what I'm really interested in, it's Mm. it's not going to give them clues visually that they're in the right place. Absolutely. And I think that is an extension of branding visually. I mean, Beck as a writer obviously can speak into what the what the words are all about and what that, you know, is because that's like a whole nother deeper conversation um, that we de- definitely talk quite a bit about in origin art on a regular basis. But I think mm-hmm. with visual clues, everything is an extension of that message you're giving them. So you want to make people feel comfortable getting to know you in that most authentic way. So it makes me feel good to put things on my website that give them clues. And it makes me excited to look at. Like, I just love it, you know? I love all of this in like multiple ways. What I love about it as artists particularly is this is like a superpower that we already have. We are creative beings and you can view all of these things that we're talking about as an extension of your artistic process, which is what you just described there. As an artist, you create these pieces of art and you put your heart into them and you, you make all those those judgments along the way and choices and you have your own discernment to create something that is beautiful to you or has a particular message, is an expression in some way. And then like you say, why would you just push that out the front door and just stop the process dead in its tracks? You can extend that vision into how people interact with it. And I'm talking, you know, whether that's in a gallery, like what Michelle's talking about, in your own show, you know, whether when you take take it to art fairs, whether you're showing it on Instagram, on your website. So we are visual beings. We have all the ability to extend the vision that we have for our art into our visual presence, which is our branding, into, like Michelle was saying just there about working on her solo exhibition and we've been talking back and forth and working through the words, working through how she wants to describe the exhibition, what her inspiration is for the the various individual pieces, the way she names them, the way she titles the artwork and all of that is can actually be one, a really fun part of the creative process and the art practice. It enhances the process which is something me as a, a wordy yes. girl coming into origin art I've done a bit, done a lot in there around how we can work with words to really enhance our practice and then like you say it just naturally flows into then how we share so all of this is super juicy and supportive to ourselves as artists and then what you're talking about is the flip side of that it's of such wonderful service to your collectors because it's letting them know who you are what what your art's about and when I say who you are I know people have various feelings around how much of their 
personal story they want to want to share. You don't have to feel like Brandy means that, you know, you have to come up with one of those reality show sob stories to talk about. <laughs> like if that's not relevant There's, for yeah. you, that is not what Brandy means. It doesn't mean any particular way. It means sharing in a way that's authentic to you. So a collector, someone coming to whether it's meeting you face-to-face, whether it's arriving on your website or your Instagram profile, whether they've signed up to your mailing list, what they're getting is something that should be reinforcing to them, this is an artist whose work I am interested in. They, I have shared ideas. I have shared values. It's intriguing to me. Their vision there's a lot of words around brain. I think vision is a great one because their vision for how they want to see their art in the world aligns wonderfully with my vision for my life and how I want to see art in my life. So it's almost like you're sitting yes. there imagining your art on their wall. They're sitting there imagining your art on their wall because all of these things are aligned. And like you say, if it's a, a discerning collector, if there are luxury elements or if it's a different kind of collector who's, you know, very quirky, there's a hundred million different collectors and then a hundred million different artists. And it's just super wonderful that we can treat this not as um, something that's the difficult kind of thing that you have to sit and think really hard about, but something that can spring really authentically and in a really like fertile way from our own process. And I do want to call back at this point to someone we talked about a few episodes back. Um, we talked about Agnes Martin. So Agnes Martin might be what, from how we described her, considered a real artist's artist. Like she took herself away from all of society. She worked in out in the desert, um, really didn't get involved. I mean, she wasn't in a social media world. She wasn't posting stuff. And she had an agent come out, her dealer come out and visit her every now and again. And she would say, these are the works I've done. Um, and she talked about uh, in the art world that you need helpers like her dealer who also appreciate art, but their skills are in that selling and, and connecting with people but she wanted no, nothing to do with it. she didn't want it she hated talking to to people about her art so you you'd say okay so she was definitely not into branding you know this is a new phenomenon it's all about the social media and it's all about this kind of fake online world and an artist's artist like Agnes Martin would have had nothing to do with it and yet she was highly controlling about how her art would be presented. And one of the reasons she got along so well with this particular dealer who, you know, she worked with for I think most of her life was that he was very responsive to that, the kind of venue that she wanted. Like she would specify, I don't want this particular collection in your big exhibition space on level three on such and such street. I want you to put it in this smaller part of your gallery. Now he wanted to showcase it because she was a big seller. She was more concerned. She felt that one of the collections was a very intimate and quiet kind of work and it needed a space where people could feel more like they weren't going to see something big and showy where they would be encouraged, their experience would be to sit down and um, have that quiet experience, right? And in another part of the book, it was a small thing, really. She only did a very few number of paintings that were actually a, a series that went together. Most of hers were standalone works. 
But one of the universities, I think it is, has a, a little a series of four and they had a photograph of it in the book and it's a very white open room and Agnes's paintings, which as people would, who know her are, are themselves very quiet, um, kind of monochromatic, very understated. And in the middle of the room there are some small low sort of bench seats that people can sit on and they're bright yellow. And the caption said, you know, this is such and such place and the benches are by such and such designer as chosen by Agnes for the exhibition. So her vision of what she wanted down to the point of she chose what furniture she wanted in the gallery to be alongside her artwork. She would not have thought of that as branding. She would have thought of it as this is my vision. I have a really strong feeling about how like the art isn't just what I do here. It's how it goes out in the world, who I want to be, who I want to be the collectors of my work. She gave, which is funny, she gave these specific instructions to the dealer about (laughs) what kind of people she wanted to be buying or not buying her work, which I'm not sure he would have obeyed. But anyway, yeah, and making those decisions about how it's viewed, what's along, what's around it while it's being viewed, all of that is exactly what we're talking about. It's such a great example because, again, it doesn't, at a glance, it doesn't appear that she would have any, you know, branding in sight. And yet all the decisions that she made and, and had her dealer execute on her behalf mm-hmm. is definitely an extension of her branding experience, her really immersion of what it's like to be with an Agnes Martin painting, you know? Mm. And I think that that's where I think it's bigger than the logo. You know, that bench is an example of something um, in brand experience design, which is one of my backgrounds. You know, you do choose things specifically around furniture and, you know, every every little detail all the way to a napkin and something Mm. like a straw, you know. I mean, it seems really simple and trivial to do all that little detail, but every brand that has a good story to share is quite aware of what those things do for people to Mm. communicate those little subtleties. So I think, like you said, what's really cool is we can be creative. It's an extension. What I also want to say is that what I have found is the more I really immerse myself into that earlier, the more it actually gives me something to stimulate the creative process as well. It's very mm-hmm. inspiring from in the studio. And if anything, I just keep going, oh, I should do this sooner. I need to look at this more. And you know, it really feeds into the inspiration process um, that we can feel a little more closer to that work and get a little more inspired and, you know, and stay connected to it all the way until the end. And when you do a solo exhibition, it is a longer period of time because there's more work, you know, involved. And so staying close to what inspires you is is not even optional. It's essential. Mm, yeah. Diving into that. And communicating that with yourself first, obviously, because you've got to get clear, like, what do you actually want for yourself in the art experience? And Mm. what do you want to share with the world? What experience do they get from you? And I think when we start understanding the power that we have with that, and it's a superpower, 
that we can really use through our art and the experience that people get, it just becomes so much more fun. You know, I'm just, I feel like I'm just getting started and I've been doing branding for a really long time. So when you talk about how it can help fuel the creative process in itself, do you think about like envisioning when you're working on a collection, part of it is taking the time and this isn't necessarily interrupting the the painting process but also taking the time alongside that to envision like what it might look like in a gallery what that gallery might look like who might who the collector might be you like imagine the home that 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 a painting might be in that kind of envision I have so much to talk about just on that yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even go into it, but I think that it really does become powerful when you start really embracing it sooner. Um, it's helped me make a lot of decisions, you know, when, again, inspiration can be big in the beginning, mm-hmm. especially when you're like, the possibilities are endless, right? And then as we start kind of going through the motions of making the work, we start getting more refined and refined on what that vision is. Mm-hmm. And it does help inspire you know, sizes. And um, for me, it's helped really inspire color, you know, and what I'm doing with color. And in particular, because color is a huge part of one of my core values and what I want to express, I'm really using that in a way that I haven't done before to tell a story. And so you can use the things that inspire you most, you know, to actually tell a story to people. And again, it's not that for me, I'm not a writer. Beck is probably when she tells a story, she's going to give you something to actually read to tell the story. Yeah. But for me, it's expressing it in a different way, even though Mm -hmm. I'm making connections for people, because I think one of the things that I also think, um, especially if you're doing abstract work, which is what my work is all about, sometimes people don't understand it. They respond to it. They have a response to it, but they we're trying to make sense of it. And what I've seen happen, um, you know, say like a husband and wife goes and they want to collect a painting. The wife's like, oh my gosh, I love this painting. I've got to have this. And the husband is trying to make sense of it. He's mm-hmm. trying to be logical about it. And I think when we can start connecting the dots for people a little bit to, to not necessarily give them an experience that's controlled, but to help inspire them, I think that that's when it becomes um, powerful. So I'm definitely going to be using some things beyond even my paintings. And you'll see that you have to come to the show. Um, but I am really excited to be able to help communicate it at a deeper level than I have before. Because mm. that's another s- part of the branding experience, whether it's visual or whether it's the writing aspect in all of the places we've talked about is that idea of you're creating linking paths, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's so the collector doesn't need to take one enormous leap from where they are now to somehow leap into your mind, mind read (laughs) what your vision is or, and like you say, it's not about telling them prescriptively, this is what you should think about it, but it's about inviting them into the creative experience. And it's a real gift, I think, because that's what we do as artists. We're expressing something. We're wanting to connect. You shared a story in a previous episode about someone writing to you and um, describing how they were reacting to a particular painting and how moved you were because it was so close to your feelings 
in creating that painting. We want to do more of that. And the way we connect with people is by, it's kind of a generosity to, to create, mm-hmm. to, to reach out to them and to create more opportunities and more pathways where they can meet with us. That's how I think yes. of it. it it's 100%. like a really beautiful thing, which I love. And there are so many specifics to branding that we could each talk about for hours, like you're saying, the the envisioning part, the visuals stuff, the writing stuff, <laughs> the word stuff. Oh, we, we both have we, so, yeah, so many thoughts. We might so have to do thoughts. like a whole series just on branding. But I guess for the purposes of this one episode, what we really wanted to do was reclaim this idea and, and redefine what branding could mean for artists specifically as as part of your creative process as something that you of of all companies and products and things in the world that you have a special ability to use it to to enliven your own process and to make you really excited to get out and share your art in the world and also to connect so deeply and so authentically with your collectors and have collectors who are such amazing fans. You know, they wouldn't yes. think they're like, I gotta I gotta see when that next Michelle collection comes out and I've got to be the first one there on opening night because I am so aligned with her story and her vision and her visual language and the way she is in the world and the values that she that I perceive as, you know, being communicated through her art and the way everything and that's how you make those really strong connections so fall in love with branding basically (laughs) yeah and I think if if you look at the open studio scenario I've never had an open studio that I didn't get asked what's what's your artwork inspired by Mm. and um that really is something that in the beginning you know I wasn't really comfortable with talking about because I'm like hmm what like what do I say Um, Mm. You know, and I think as artists, it is a process to kind of unpack that. And when you can, like Beck said, fall in love with it and really be be curious, like, well, what actually really inspires me, you know, Mm. and what's something that I would love to transfer to people. It's just, yeah, so much fun. I know. I feel like I've said this already, but I really want to make this super clear. I feel like the process that we're talking about, and I know the word branding can be really off putting and that's why we've, we're saying branding equals values equals your story equals your vision yeah it is so inherent in being an artist I, I can't even imagine once you can get over that kind of get away from the idea that it's fixed as a, a logo or it's you know a cheap advertisement. marketing shtick. Yeah, as long as you, once you get away from that marketing shtick or a secondhand car salesman, you know, the the very thing that we see branding as is an artistic process. That's why I got so yes. excited about that. That's why I worked on that for so long and how, that's how I approached it. It is an artistic process. It's an uncovering, it's a clarifying you know, it's an editing. Everything we talk about in art practice is what you creatively do, what creatives do and people who are in 
creative marketing and and yes. advertising, the best of them, it's something that they do have that same approach to. And so, yeah, that's why I, I feel like we're probably going to be talking about this again. <laughs> it is. And, and there is so much to it. And we definitely talk about this a lot in origin art because mm. part of what we do in there is really integrating this whole experience. And so there's so many things that we can speak into, you know, from mm. Beck and I having our own individual experience. And that's why I think when you hear the synergy between us, it is because we have these shared experiences coming at it from different paths, but we have these same experiences. Beck has been obviously having years of experience helping communicate a story through words. And that usually shows up in the form of, you know, websites or emails, marketing campaigns, whatever that is. My experience is more from the visual side, which has to do with, you know, what does the brand experience look like from the walls to the napkin to the logo to the thing they're looking at and reading and all of those little details. So when you get us in a room talking about this stuff, we can't stop. So we probably have to end this episode just by yeah. literally saying stop. <laughs> can't stop, won't stop. 